going to be a story of the year, I think. Um, Jaden is a guy that was a huge priority to maintain. They didn't take for granted that they had to um, do a lot to keep him here. But credit to him, too. He's a loyal guy, and um, he was playing ball with the team, and he didn't have high demands. So uh, both sides made staying together a priority, and it, it paid dividends, at least in the first week. The offensive line looked much improved. I was uh, impressed to see them go. How would you judge that unit, which will be important for their success this season? That's a huge factor this year. Um, bringing in Mike Blesh, I think, was a, a masterful move. He's known as one of the top young offensive line coaches in the country, and he's got those guys playing a lot differently. He has a style that is much different than what they've had in there for a while. He emphasizes toughness and taking it to the defense, and that's something you haven't seen out of the Cal offensive line for quite a while. And you could see pretty early on in practice in spring that they were playing together as a unit. Um, it's a subtle little thing that uh, it, it's hard to put a finger on, but you just knew that they were working in tandem when you saw them. You just didn't know how it was going to make a difference until you, you see it for real. And obviously they played against a small North Texas defensive front, so it's not that great of an indicator. This will be a lot bigger test this week against a bigger Auburn team. But so far, so good. And they seem to have built some pretty decent depth, which they haven't had in a while, too. What's the quarterback situation going to look like this week at Cal? Ben Finley comes in, 24 of 34, 289 yards. He threw a touchdown. He did throw a pick. Uh, <laughs> all offseason, the conversation was about Sam Jackson. What does it look like in week two? That's an interesting question. I mean, both of them were a part of the press conference this week, and uh, they're not specifically saying how healthy Jackson is. I think we'll see both. I think there's a very good chance of that happening. If Jackson is healthy enough, I think we'll see him out of the gate. But I'd be really surprised, even if Jackson started, if Finley didn't play at least a reasonable amount this, this weekend, too. I just don't know that Jackson is healthy enough to take every snap. So um, they'll either have packages for him or he's healthy enough to go a lot of the time. But I think you'll see both. Um, does the opinion change of the quarterback competition after the way Finley played? Like, I'm, I'm kind of curious because you, know, you go into a season with one guy through competition and then the other guy has, has to play with the injury. Like, does it change their calculus or they just go back to saying, okay, well, this guy won the job out of camp. 
if he's healthy, he gets to start this week in most of the, in most of the reps. You know, usually Wilcox is pretty cagey about stuff like that, but they said pretty definitively even after that game that um, that Jackson is the starter. He just has – he gives the team this element that none of the other quarterbacks on the roster do with his feet. You could see it when he was almost sacked on a, a play in the first quarter, and there were probably three or four guys that kind of had him dead to rights in, in pursuit, and instead of getting sacked and losing eight, I think he gained 13 on him. He, he's like a video game sometimes escaping the, the pass rush. And when the defense has to account for a quarterback that may be the fastest quarterback in the country, they, they can't stack the box without really considering what the damage could be if they do that. So it's just that's the edge that he gives you. So as good as Finley was, and, and Mendoza had a really good spring and fall too, that added element that Jackson gives you gives him the starting nod unless he starts turning the ball over too often. So you talk about stacking the box against a team like that has Jaden. Obviously, if you're a defense, that's something you consider. And, and if you're the offense trying to prevent them from doing that, you got to open things up for the passing game that, that lost their best wide receiver, in my mind, in the transfer portal, in J. Michael Sturdivant, who's now at UCLA. So who fills that role? Who, who's now the go-to guy or whoever the quarterback is when it comes to that third and long situation? Jeremiah Hunter is definitely the man at, at wide receiver. He's a future NFL guy out there, consummate professional. He, he gets open. He catches everything. He does his job every time. But they have a really deep receiving core. I, I don't think a lot of people know that. The, the transfer portal was good to them. Uh, one of the guys that I am really high on is Brian Hightower, who started at Miami and played a couple of years at Illinois and then transferred out to Cal this year. He's 6'4", 210, 215, and great catch radius, um, does everything for him. He's not just a high-point guy. He stretches the defense, and he can beat you deep. I like him a lot. And uh, they got a transfer in uh, Marquise Montgomery, who's 6'5", and does a lot of the same things that Hightower does. Um, Monroe Young is a guy that waited his turn for, for four years and finally, as a fifth-year senior, had three touchdowns in the last four games last year, and he started out really good this week. Um, Maven Anderson's another guy with a lot of speed, a 10-7 guy that can really fly, and he, he holds on to the ball really well. I mean, they go like eight deep at receiver, and a lot of them are, are real big guys, too, that present difficult matchups for the, for the defensive backfield. So you stack the box – in an offense run by Jake Spavadol, they're going to make you pay. Let's get to the defense. Um, the secondary that has a, a kind of transfers um, played really well against North Texas. How would you assess the performance of the defense? Now, 21 points is, I think, okay. It's winnable most games. I'm sure there's room for some improvement. Yeah, for sure. The, the big, big thing was the two big plays that the defensive backfield gave up on miscommunications. Um, those things can't happen against good teams, or they're gonna they're gonna make you pay consistently. Fortunately, it was really only two or three plays that they they had an issue with, and they made adjustments. I like every level of this defense for the first time in quite a few years. The the big thing, I think it's a two part thing. The defensive line just got wrecked by injuries last year. They they missed four of their their eight. Uh, top eight defensive linemen from the very beginning of the season last year, including their, their best defensive lineman, Brett Jackson, or Johnson, excuse me. 
and that that was huge. So they couldn't put a lot of pressure on last year, and it put a lot of pressure on the defensive backfield, who was young. Def- defensive backfield's not young anymore. They brought in four really good defensive players, um, defensive backs. Noel Williams is probably the, the leader of the bunch. He's another future NFL guy. He transferred over from UNLV, and he just sticks to you like glue, and he brings a swag out to the field that the, the defense really really thrives off of, I think. And you bring in the the defensive player of the year from San Diego State in, in McMorris. And, uh, man, they, they brought in a lot to, to – add instant starters back there and, and significantly add to the depth. So those those were big additions, big changes to last year's defense, which was kind of a bend but not break, fairly passive deep. Alright, uh, before we let you go, the timing on the announcement was, was weird because we thought we could just focus on football actually being played, but Cal has found a future home uh, and Stanford, their neighbors across the bay as well, and oddly SMU are now all part of the ACC conference after this year. Uh, Just from a football perspective, I don't even want to get into what this means for all the non-revenue sports, but from a football perspective, what do you think of the fit and what it means for Cal moving forward? Well, I talk about a big weekend. I mean, you come into your season opener, you get get, uh, announced to be part of an ACC, which is conference, which is a huge lifeline to the, the program. And then they, they turn around, put a uh, NIL challenge out there, and raise $1.2 million in a few days, which is critical, too. And uh, then they go out and, and lay 58 points on a UNT team that they squeaked by four years ago. So those things were huge. Now, ACC, I think, um, as you mentioned, logistically, it's not going to be easy. Football, it's manageable because you're only playing, like, five road games. But um, – the other sports is going to be a little bit tougher. I think they've already talked about in basketball how they're they're going to stack a couple um, visit weekends and they're going to uh, do some travel on uh, on winter break. And but the the smaller sports, uh, some of them won't be in the ACC conference because they're they're smaller sports and uh, ACC won't have a conference for them. Uh, some will pay the price, but you know some of the smaller sports—they're already traveling to Maine and New Hampshire, like field hockey. So they're they're used to that kind of thing. It'll be interesting to try and navigate. But I think Cal fans and the program are really interested in some of these different types of opponents they're going to be able to, to face now, home and home with uh, with Clemson and Florida State and Virginia and Boston College and Syracuse, especially in hoops. I mean, that adds a really interesting dimension to to uh, their, their schedule and what fans are going to be able to see. And personally, I never miss a, a football game home or road, so this is going to be some really interesting road trips for me. Weekend, we'll take you. Soon. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.